Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to episode 5 of Talking Like No One Is Listening. I'm going to be chatting in this episode with uh, my good friend and coach, Jessica Dawn Sagan. And she, of course, is of Jessica Dawn Coaching. And we're just talking uh, about her, her coaching uh, what she does as a coach and we get into a little bit about uh, her recent experience in an ayahuasca ceremony so it's uh, pretty fascinating uh, fascinating stuff so uh, if anybody's listening hope you enjoy it applying that philosophy to uh, healing i think so i think you need both you know i i was talking about this a few weeks ago with someone you know there is i think what we're seeing right now um in this time of the pandemic and you've got the the anti-maskers and the anti-vaxxers and you've got the you know people who are very pro you know all things medical and you know, I think that there is a place for allopathic and natural medicines to come together, right? right? It's not one or the other. I think that everything can work together. And the, the separation between the two, I think, is where the harm is done. And I, I see that in the business realm as well. You know, you can't just be all brain focused, right? Like the humans are a whole being they are mm-hmm. physical mental emotional you know spiritual like there's the whole being yeah so when we compartmentalize that's where i think things go awry yeah it's because uh, you got uh, i guess one end of the spectrum is completely reductionist and breaking everything down uh into individual uh, systems or, or body parts and, and, and just focusing on that as opposed to looking at uh, things from a more holistic, looking at the whole picture of the, of the person and, mm-hmm. and healing the person as opposed to eliminating a symptom. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just like if you're going to be building a car, you need all of these little bits that go into the bigger component. You know, that the bigger component is, is still the goal, right? But how does it all work together? Yeah, and I think like everything uh, that's trending on social media or, or the big news stories right now it's it's all been broken down into either black or white Mm -hmm. there's um there's no room for nuance or or different shades of gray it's either you're for this or against it or you know one or the other yeah and i and that's just not how it really works in my perspective anyways no i agree yeah yeah so I'd rather sit with someone and, 
let the rainbow of who they are really shine through. Mm -hmm. Hey, good morning, Jessica. Good morning. Thanks How for, are you? Uh, hopping on and, and uh, joining my podcast. Happy to be here. Awesome. So uh, you are uh, a coach and uh, you do um, different types of coaching, I think. Um, I do. So some more business related and some uh, personal coaching. So I don't think uh, there's probably, you know, like for sure with chiropractic, there's a lot of... Uh, um, misunderstanding or, or misinformation out there about what we do. And I'm sure um, the same exists for, for coaches. Yeah. And, uh, when I've told people, you know, cause I have uh, uh, worked with you and I have worked with other coaches uh, in the past. Mm -hmm. And so there is, uh, it's usually gets or sometimes gets uh, a negative reaction because people don't really understand or have the wrong idea. So uh, if you don't mind just sharing what you do, what a coach yeah. is. So, the, I mean, the term coach, I, I even struggle with it. It's like a label that I don't know has any real description that that can tell someone oh yeah this is what you're going to do when you're going to work with a coach um and I think that over the past you know 20 years or so co the coaching world has exploded but um it's an unregulated field unlike mm -hmm. the, the the chiropractic field and so so really anyone can call themselves a coach right so right you know, wellness coaches, and, and, you know, and I've been those types of coaches before as well. But um, I got into coaching when I started learning neuro-linguistic programming, which okay. is the study of, yeah, I don't have the, the definition right in front of me, so I don't know if I'm going to do this justice. So if people in the NLP world are hearing this and they're like, that's not what NLP is, then, you know, I'm not. No, nobody's story. listening. <laughs> right? That's All right. Name. Nobody's <laughs> listening. That's right. Um, but it's really, it, I describe it as how we create the patterns in our lives and the way that I use it in the coaching that I do is uh, when I'm having a session with a client, I, I really listen to how they're talking about their experience, mm -hmm. whether that is in business or in, in the, the private soul integration coaching, you know, those are the tools that I use regardless. So that uh, I, I might be veering a little bit from the question, but you know, that's how I got into coaching was through the learning of neurolinguistic programming. Okay. And you also um, have done training in hypnosis. If mm -hmm. I recall. Yeah. Well, that was part of the neurolinguistic training. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it was part of the, the bundle <laughs> when I was training. Yeah. And, you know, what I use in my private coaching is the combination of the two. 
you know, deep hypnosis, and that can lead to you know, regression or not. Um, the way that I look at it, you know, when I call it soul integration, is I just always believe that the person that I'm working with has everything that they need within them and and they're just not necessarily navigating themselves in the best way right because it's hard to see the forest for the trees when you're in the thick of it so I come along and I act as as your own private GPS to what you need to sort out in, Boy, in I the like personal that. sphere the way you said that just the, the private GPS <laughs> that's good um, and so do you, uh, cause I know you have one, uh, uh, business that is more geared towards business and with working with lawyers, mm -hmm. um, and then the sort of the personal coaching, um, do you approach, you approach each of those differently? Somewhat, you know, the work that I do with lawyers and, and or business owners is more linear you know there's a clear system it's like you know here's what you need to do to get your business up and running and and all of that however mm -hmm. you know we as business owners we bring ourselves to our business so there's always going to be an element of mindset and limiting beliefs and emotional things that come up as we're moving forward you know just just as humans right so even though I might be working with a business owner and, and being quite linear in the approach, every once in a while, something will come up and they're like, yeah, I just can't seem to get myself to do this thing, right? And that will bring us into the less linear and more emotional and mindset sphere, which is, you know, to be quite honest, my favorite. I think that that's where the real magic happens and that's where people get to blossom. When yeah, that. I, I wonder if uh, uh, my second episode, Dr. Batson, if she's listening, she's probably doing cartwheels. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about uh, nonlinearity and curvature, I guess, is her, is her way of putting it. Um, right. But it's, yeah, I guess there's lots of, uh, of connections there, really. So, and then you also, are you still doing the, because uh, so I guess my uh, work with you was the uh, emotional, um, what, what was the, what was it called? Well, yeah, it so it's the emotional empowerment program. That was emotional which empowerment. I, yeah, and I, actually, this is interesting timing. I rebranded that okay. recently. And it's now called E-Motion, Energy in Motion, because, and, and, and you know, the, the core of that work, I mentioned it a couple of times, is really that soul integration. And so, you know, what I've come to really appreciate in working with my clients over the past several years is seeing that when, when struggles really arise, it's generally because there's something within that's not being acknowledged, right? So there's mm -hmm. like a stuck part. And, and typically that stuck part is based in an emotional experience 
i.e. trauma, that doesn't, you know, that the expression of it is deemed too painful to release, right? You know, you freeze in that moment of trauma and then you just sort of tuck it away, you know, or as my grandmother <laughs> would often say, you, you, you bury, it, bury it away and yeah. you don't ever talk about it again, right? And I think a lot of us were raised with that, but, but mm -hmm. what has been so beautiful to witness is that in the allowing of the expression of that moment, you know, that that's where powerful healing can take place. And what I do my best with is to create a container when we're having sessions so that we can go into, you know, it could be a very physical experience in the expression of that emotion, but just, you know, allowing to slowly go like, okay, yeah, this is where I think this emotional thing happened. There's a, not a lot of logic. There, there might be, but, you know, allowing for each person to go into a really illogical space where that emotion can be expressed and it can be expressed through visuals or just like a, a complete emotional release you know there can be laughter and giggling some people need to yell but it's it's there's almost like a that gets told in my sessions each time right so we'll start with one word and that will lead us down the garden path to you know like oh a memory here and oh this makes me think of that so you know, maybe even a treasure hunt or a scavenger hunt until mm. you get to the place, either physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, where that integration that's been held back for so long gets to be finally expressed and then witnessed by my client. Yeah, I like, uh, I like how you, that analogy of the treasure hunt. That's, mm -hmm. that's uh, I think, was my experience. Um, and, uh, you know, since it's been, uh, I think, over a year. Yeah, I think it's been about it. 18 months. Last February, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think but so. But anyway, like, I've noticed, um, well, even, like, this podcast... I think came out of it because I had a lot of difficulty uh, expressing myself beforehand, especially mm -hmm. uh, emotionally, um, probably spiritually as well. And uh, um, uh, I'm not doing a good job right now. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I, I think there's just been a, a difference in, in in me being able to uh, express myself at work, um, in in relationships, and uh, um, overall, like uh, you know, I've I've texted you <laughs> to tell you, hey, I'm I'm crying right now. Um, I'm always excited when a client cries. Yeah. 
So I know it makes me sound mean, but it's actually a big <laughs> victory. <laughs> because um, it means that you're unblocking, like there's a flow where there was a blockage before. Yeah. It lightens everything up. It's a release. Mm-hmm. And you know, like humans like releases. Just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like I can, uh, I mean, there's been times in my, you know, growing up in my generation uh, um, as a, as a male, uh, you know, crying was seen as weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'll give you something to cry about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that a few times. And mm-hmm. uh um, but then also, you know, when you're with your peers and, and if you cry, then, you know, there's, you know, lots of names that you're called. And uh, uh, so, you know, maybe those are little micro traumas or whatever, but it just causes you to like say, hey, okay, well, I'm certainly not going <laughs> to cry again. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then there were times, you know, when I was really struggling in, in depression uh, where I was like crying uncontrollably for, you know, seemingly no reason. Um, and, and I remember, you know, thinking like, oh, I don't ever want to <laughs> experience this again. You know, like mm-hmm. just that, that pain and, and sadness and, um so, you know, there's another um, another thing to tell, you know, tell myself about crying. It's, you know, it's a sign of weakness or it's bad. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, I've, I've noticed that more men are coming to see me when I originally started working. It's like, well, I'm just working with women. But, you know, I think that there's such a call for men to learn how to express themselves in, in the mm. emotional realm. And, you know, the, the tears being that, you know, I'm going to put air quotes around this. Uh, that that sign of weakness right yeah when it really isn't you know tears don't you know tears can show up in joy in overwhelm in anger and in sadness right so tears are they're like a physical release of something and and just when you were sharing about being able not being able to control the crying in those bouts of depression and just, you know, feeling all you knew is you didn't want to feel that again. But there's still like those tears were, were something within you calling, like, I need you to pay attention to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, an expression of emotion, you know, there's, yeah, when it comes to men, you know, like we expect men to express anger with ease but yeah. not, not sorrow, you know, like, what is that? So there's this whole piece around, you know, toxic masculinity and, and the patriarchy, but like, what have you learned? Like, why, why wouldn't you be able to express these things? You know, when, when fathers experience a child being born, like, is it not normal to, to have those tears of just 
awe and elation. So normalizing expression is so important. Right. I mean, I could go on a big tangent about that, but I think that would take us in a... <laughs> We've that, got, would, that would take uh, longer than the than the whole the whole time we've allocated. We've got thirty five more minutes or so. so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's a, a really important topic. You know, allowing men to express. Yeah, I, I agree, and then I'm uh, a prime example. Yeah, and you need to learn how, because we're not yeah. taught how. We're just taught by example, but you know, there's a reason that there are communication courses given to individuals and couples. You know, I still, I, I'm a work in progress. You know, I, I can sit with people in my sessions and I can see from the outside, it's a lot easier, but you know, I'm still working on my own things continuously. Yeah, we're, I guess we're that, all works in process. Doctor, heal thyself. Yep. Yeah, I would caution anyone who is working with a coach if that coach is not in a process of evolution and self discovery on a pretty consistent basis. Then, then you know, I'd, I'd throw a word of caution there. You always want to know that yeah, people are I working think, on themselves. You know, um, so I think. You know, people have this, and, and I think I've been guilty of this too, where it's like, when things are, are not going well, it's like, well, if I can just get to this level or, you know, achieve this, then mm -hmm. then things will be fine. It'll be smooth sailing or whatever. And then I'll, I won't be depressed anymore. I'll be happy when I, when I, you know, reach this point. But uh, it's, it, it's always moving. You know, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's an illusion, right? So there's always, like, as long as you're drawing breath, like, there's always something to, uh, I don't know if improve is the right word, but just, you know. Explore. Explore to transform within yourself. Um, that, it, it, you know, there's just no, no end game really. No, I mean, like, if you are completely done, <laughs> then I think that that's when we take our final breath, right? Yeah. Like, I, I had a moment, or there was something I shared on social media. I can't remember when, but it's probably in the last six months. I was feeling pretty fed up with, you know, some aspect of pandemic something. And I think I shared it on social media, and someone was like, oh, well, I thought you were Miss Positivity. It's like, well... Hmm. Do you think that that means that I'm not allowed to experience frustration or anger or rage? No, like no. I, I do my best to look on the bright side of things, but that doesn't preclude me from having my own struggles or challenges or, you know, we all have shadow. So shadow work is a big piece of what I work on with my clients. Because if we just go around in this whole, like, everything is sunshine and lollipops and love and light to everything, <laughs> well, you know, that's the black and white thing. 
mm-hmm. that's not allowing for for the gray zone to occur yeah i think that's uh there's like this happiness industry yeah you know, where they're they're really creating this illusion of uh you know you can be cheery and happy all the time you know if you send 19.99 for three payments uh, yeah and then all, yeah. all of your things will be solved yeah you know and it's i call it the training montage syndrome the, Sorry, the, <laughs> the training montage syndrome so right I, you know, like in movies, if you think of Karate Kid, suddenly, you know, within a five minute span, probably less, Karate Kid was an expert in karate, right? Yeah. So we didn't, we got a little glimpse of the hardship, but, you know, a real athlete who's going to become a master goes through hours and hours of pretty intense practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same thing with business owners. We see end results with the success stories. We don't see all of the struggle and ups and downs that they have, you know, and, and it's the same thing with any human. No one is happy all the time. We need the contrast in our lives to be able to appreciate when things are good. Yeah, it was, it's like Toto pulling the curtain back on the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. No, nothing to see here. No, actually, you know, there are days where I cried all day. And yeah, there are days where I, you know, turn to food as comfort or, you know, something else. No one's perfect. So, um, you know, you said that, you know, you're on your own journey as well. So what are some of your um, tools or things that you've, uh, that you use or, or have done to to help yourself i you know i think i've explored a ton of different things and you know most recently um you know i i usually will have my own coach and i'm i'm currently working with a pretty fantastic metaphysical I, i call her my metaphysical therapist um you know, the, the I struggled pretty deeply in the in the fall with a, a lot of things that were going on personally mm-hmm. and professionally. And so I was able to connect with her, but I also went um, on, I, I recently had a, an ayahuasca experience, which, mm-hmm. you know, is, is the whole, I know it's pretty trendy, but yeah. um, I, I felt the call for it. And I was able to find a private experience that I went to. Uh, and and you did month. that with your son, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, my son had done it previously in Peru. Okay. Uh, in, in the jungle. Yeah. Um, which, you know, the, you know he, he shared that experience with me to, to, to the extent which you can. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways um but you know he said that he was ready and you know we found a shaman that was nearby so um i guess we should uh explain what ayahuasca is so it's like a 
a brew uh, from, I think it's two different plants. Two different that... plants from two different parts of the jungle. Yeah. And I think the, the main, one of them contains, I think, DMT. Is that right? Um, I'm and not the, the expert on it, were... but I believe so. The other one, I think the other plant is what releases the, uh, if it's not DMT, whatever the psychoactive uh, ingredient is. Um, so that, that if you take the one plant that contains the, it on its own, your body can't use it. But in the brew combined, um, it, uh, it allows it to be, to be released and, and you know, taken up by the brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the combination that creates the medicine. Yeah. And it comes uh, from South America. Correct. Yes. Yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's hard to know exactly how to explain the experience. Um but it it I think that the most important thing that I can say about it is that it is ceremony, right? right. So um I have read a lot of people's experiences. And I've heard a lot of people talking about it. Some people are like, oh my gosh, this, this is something everyone should do versus other people who are like, you know, you should ex exercise extreme caution with, with this. And, and so I am very much of the mind that this is not for everybody. Um, now, is that since you've done it or was that your thought beforehand as well? Um, I didn't really have... Uh, well, I think beforehand, I, I also thought that um, I had not really had an inclination to have my own experience until um, last fall when when I actually had an experience of waking up one morning and I, I could hear the plant calling me and I heard, you know, it's time. I was like, OK, you know, I, I'm a pretty tuned in intuitive person so that's the kind of thing that I will pay attention to and I just kept my ears open to what might show up in that realm and so eventually I I did find a person and and I went into the experience I, I had some intentions based on what I've been working on and I'm, I'll keep those more to myself but um other than those intentions i had no expectation i didn't really know what it would be like i knew that there were i knew that it would be a psychedelic experience i knew that there was purging involved but otherwise mm -hmm. not what yeah my expectations were Kind of so how many uh, how many people were was it just you and your son or so it was just my son and I and and the shaman it was very intimate um so it's it a very very special. good uh, shaman to participant ratio very good and you you really need that um yeah. you know they they call it la madre which is the mother 
And so, you know, there is my experience of it is that the shaman embodies the essence of, of the mothering. Um, archetype when you're with the medicine you know everyone who is in ceremony is is partaking in the medicine and what the shaman explained to me you know because they take the medicine with you but but the way the medicine works is you know if you're a shaman you you hardly have to take any because you're you can easily connect in right um and so she takes care of you while you're in ceremony yeah and i i think like for, from some of the readings that i've done on it is that there's like as you said it's become trendy so you know with anything even something as uh that can be healing and beneficial and spiritual as, as ayahuasca ceremony there's going to be people you know um taking advantage and uh sort of corrupting the the um, ceremony or the um you know the nature of, of of the whole experience and uh um exploiting i guess is this exploiting um the ayahuasca and and uh so that you know you i've heard like you know when you come and there's like one shaman but like 30 or 40 people you know yeah. so people are, are not being looked after well and that's where a lot of the the bad experiences happen yeah and i i actually can't quite fathom that and and you know the the shaman that i worked with she she interviews you beforehand mm -hmm. and will kind of assess whether you're ready for it or not you know there's a whole you know intake form because they do t need to know about certain health issues and all of that um so i felt really safe from that respect but what she also shared so i don't know if you've read about like you know everyone is like oh it tastes awful um yeah you know my my experience so we did two nights of ceremony and my experience in, in ingesting it the first time was that it was actually not awful, that it, it tasted almost sweet. Okay. Um, but each subsequent time you take it, it doesn't taste as good. And, and so what the shaman shared is that the reason that happens is number one, like you need it less. And number two, you know, the, the spirit of the plant has, has shared like, well, you know, you, you humans get so addicted to things. And so, <laughs> you know, it, it's like a built in mechanism to prevent the addiction okay. to, to the medicine, as well as the experience itself, which I, I experienced to be quite, I mean, the first, the first night was quite brutal. Um, I don't think in I have terms any... of, in terms of like, uh, your, uh, like purging or, or just like what, uh, you were experiencing in your mind. Yeah. I actually didn't 
I, I only purged a very small amount. So okay. that part wasn't the, what I would call brutal. I mean, there, there's, yes, there's extreme physical dis- discomfort in it, but it's more um, the, the, the psychological journey. Right. That, you know, when people, when people talk about the death of self, you know, I, I would have to say that that is a pretty literal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an experience of death, which can be quite alarming and frightening and, and a little bit shattering or a lot shattering. And so, you know, it's not like, hey, let's get together and like go for a big old trip our faces off. It's, it's really, right. um, it's, it's work. It's hard work. Um, as, as someone who's had children that I've delivered, it felt like a laboring of self, you know, like I actually had to have a conversation with myself. It's like, okay, I've had babies. I can do this. I can make it through this, but it's very hard work physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. And, and you know, you're, you're looking at aspects of yourself that aren't all pretty. And you're having to surrender in a way that, you know, as humans, let's face it, we I think like to be in pretty solid control of ourselves most of the yeah. time. Yeah, that's been my experience when I've uh, you know, done any other type of uh, psychedelic experience uh, mm-hmm. in a healing setting is that not just not going deep enough and 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 you know holding back somewhat to re- to retain some of the you know the, the sense of control. Yeah, the the experience in ayahuasca is that the. I mean, really, that that control is the suffering. <laughs> you know, the more you hold on, the harder it is. Right. But if you that, just sort yeah, of let go was... of the handlebars, it's so much easier. Yeah. And and even if you crash, it's going to be so much easier. And how was the? Uh the experience of sharing it uh, with your son? It was extremely profound. Um, you know, like I, what I understood at the end of it all is that that is really what the whole process was about. It was about just having a really healing experience with my son mm-hmm. and a very freeing experience you know he he had a great time he didn't have a rough time he'd already you know gone through his rough time right but um you know there 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 are elements of it that i can't quite articulate at this point but it i feel very tender in the in the whole being able to have shared that with him feels That's really great. special yeah, it was really beautiful. And, and so for him, there was no like, oh, mom, come on, 
Not no. in my style here. No, no. Well, I mean, he he was the one who said, "Hey, I'd like to come along." Right. So, yeah. um, and he understood more as well. Like, oh, you know, I was there to. He, he's there to hold space for me. Um, which you know, I had some. I had some concerns. I was like, well, you know, I don't want that to be a, a boundary, but it was something that was just quite perfect when we were there. Yeah, it, it, yeah I, I don't know if I can fully articulate how special it was. You don't have to. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's a feeling, right? So I don't yeah. have the words for it, but, you know, it feels pretty expansive in my heart space. And uh, so would you, uh, would you do another ceremony? Yeah, actually, I would. Um, when, <laughs> on my first night there, I definitely was like, who the fuck does this more than once? But um, yeah, I can see why people go back. Um, there feels to me like there are elements of some unfinished business with it yeah um and i'm not sure when that time will be but you know I'll, I'll go back when it is the right time i think like we were we had mentioned earlier you know about that it's there's you know always a, a process of, of uh healing or or uh uh the journey of, of life, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're just expecting to go and do one ceremony and say, oh, my. All my better. Life is better. Now that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it on cruise control. And... Well, yeah, so I'm sure, you know, that's why people go back. Well, and there's an element of it as well. Um there's a quality of the experience that, you know, you, you kind of go deep into yourself and then you, you rise up to be able to kind of integrate at a more intellectual level. And then you go deep into the experience and then you come up. And so that integration component is critical. So Mm -hmm. when, you know, the next morning after ceremony, the shaman would have integration time, with us and we'd discuss our experiences and and see what lessons needed to materialize further on after we left. And the thing with the medicine is, you know, number one, it stays with you always, you'll always have it. But there are parts of the ceremony, like you're, even though you leave ceremony, you're actually still in ceremony for weeks afterwards. And so I think it is extremely important to have someone to support you in post-ceremony integration, which I, I do have. Um, and someone who can speak in the language of the abstract that is going to show up mm-hmm. in the experience of ceremony. Well, and I, it's not I, all abstract. Yeah, I, I, I think that's another reason why, you know, Having not having so many people to one shaman is also uh, important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need you need people around, right? You need someone supporting you to get to you know a bathroom if you need one. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't remember if it was either the, the shaman or my son who was saying that when they were in ceremony in South America, in the jungle, and, and the instructions were, okay, when you go off to the bathroom, make sure you follow the music back. The music is a really important component of it. But they're, they say, make sure you follow the music back so that you don't get hypnotized by the jungle. And I, I think that, <laughs> that that's really important. You wouldn't want to lose anyone in the jungle if they're in this super expanded tuned in state yeah because i think you could go to some i think you could go to some very scary places like you're opening up portals that need to be contained by someone who knows what they're doing oh for sure Yeah. yeah and and so what was the um uh i mean you don't have to tell me exactly where it was but like what was the setting uh for the ceremony like was it outdoors uh, no it was in a home we were in a home okay um and you know we each had our own bedrooms and you know there we were in the living room so the living room it was set up um with mattresses and blankets and the, the space for the ceremony um and the shaman had rattles and crystal bowls and and a stereo system because music is such an important component of it and will bring you into different parts of yourself based on what the shaman is called to play um Mm -hmm. and so so it was extremely comfortable from the standpoint of having amenities that are quite helpful and you know you, <laughs> you're provided with with a bucket for your purging, and um, and you're fed, right? Because there's a very specific food protocol to follow, and and so you know you're fed and nourished That's to help great. keep up your strength. Yeah, yeah. it um, felt very held in the space. It was quite beautiful. Awesome. Um, uh... I was just as a Canada Post just dropped something off and the dog went a bit nuts. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. So, um, you know, I've heard there's, there's a couple of churches uh, in, in Montreal. um, Hmm. And I can't remember the name of them uh, where, so it's, it's like legal for people to really do uh, these ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've heard uh, like that it's because it's like in in, in it's inside, um, but it, it was like very sterile, like the whole setting, like you know, fluorescent lights and this white paint on the walls, and um, and so it's a, a different uh, different experience. Yeah, I think that would. I I don't know that I would love that. Um... You know, the ceremonies are typically at night mm-hmm. um, because like you need it's it's like elevated dream space. So, yeah, I, I much preferred this to, to thinking about being in ceremony in a under fluorescent lights. Yeah, so um, one of the things that I've I've read um about 
doing the ayahuasca is that you know the plant is referred to as as mother mm-hmm. um, and that uh, it'll speak to you mm-hmm. um, during the ceremony and so did you experience that at all like I did on the second were, night and it was like somebody speaking to you yeah I, I would say that she took me by the hand you know she's much gentler the second night and I mm-hmm. actually asked her I was like well why didn't we do this last night this would have been much nicer and <laughs> she's like yeah but you wouldn't have listened you know, much, much like we are with our children. And, um, you know, she took me by the hand and she showed me things and it was very much, you know, I, yes, the mother, but also, you know, she's an expression of the divine feminine, you know, Mm -hmm. if you know anything about that. And so for, for my particular learning and, and what I was there for, I, she guided me through what, the divine feminine needs what she expresses what she demands and and it was her entire range and and it was really the the presence of this person you know i i she is the plant spirit cool it was yeah it's pretty fascinating I, i but it was very different from the first night where i just felt like i'd been you know put into a cosmic dryer on tumble <laughs> a little beat up a little beat up yeah and so do you you actually I mean you feel uh physically beat up too a little bit. yeah um there, there's you know the reason you have integration conversations the morning after is because it really does feel like a disintegration. I felt like I was in particles mm. afterwards. And there's just kind of like a, yeah, you feel very fragile afterwards. And, and, and there is the need, like, I wouldn't want to go to work day after. I don't think you can. No. So you want to give yourself time to just kind of sit with the experience and go, wow, you know, like what, what am I going to do with this information or am I going to do anything? Right. So allowing enough time to integrate, you know, which is what I say to my clients as well. Like if you're having a session with me, I don't recommend having a client or like having work the minute after we finish. Give yourself a little bit of time to just kind of absorb everything that's just taken place. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if you go for surgery, you're not going to go for a run right afterwards. Right. This is like this is like psychic surgery, spiritual surgery. You know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it demands so it demands some respect. Um. So uh, back. Uh, just uh, we're gonna wrap up pretty soon but uh back to uh your coaching mm-hmm. um how uh if, if anybody uh you know is, is interested in learning more or connecting with you how how can they do that 
Well, the best way is to head to my website, which is jessicadawncoaching.com. And that's D-A-W-N. Um, and there you've got a description of the different things that I'm offering. I just launched a mastermind offering that starts on June 8th. And that is for women. I'm looking for five women to join that. But I've got an ongoing emotion, energy and motion program where mm -hmm. we go through, you know, the integration of the emotional pieces that need to be expressed. That's a six and week. So, and that, that is not limited to women. Correct. And the mastermind, what I've, what I've shared in this launching is if I do have enough men who are interested in it, I'm very happy to, to do that. But you know, as, as one person, I'm, I'm starting with one group sure. of five and, um, and going from there, but yeah, Jessica Dawn coaching.com and, you know, same handle on Instagram. I, I like spending time there. And uh, yeah, you're very, uh, prolific on your, uh, Instagram, uh, <laughs> sharing. Well, you know, with the pandemic, I feel like uh, social media has been my place to connect with people. So I enjoy mm -hmm. that, that space quite a bit. Awesome. Well, this has yeah. been, uh, been great. I'm happy because I, I you know, you mentioned, I think, a couple of weeks ago that you had done the ayahuasca and we hadn't had a chance to uh, connect on it. So I'm glad uh, even in this public forum, uh, <laughs> we were able to to talk about. I was really interested to, to hear your experience. So thanks for, Thank you. for sharing thanks that. Thanks for inviting me. This has been really fun. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, great. We'll and I think it's uh, awesome that you've got the podcast. Yeah, it's something that I had discussed with you for, for a while. So the, glad the you idea. To go on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, as I said, yeah, I think they've come out every, every two weeks. Um, and so I'll have to get this edited and uh, uh, out uh, this weekend. Excellent. I look forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. All right. Thanks so much, Jessica. Have a great Appreciate, rest of your day. Uh, you coming on. Thanks. All right. Bye take for care. now. Bye.